0: Welcome to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast from The Soundcheck, aka thesoundcheck.org, taking you beyond the stage and the recording studio, basically just behind the scenes in general of the music industry with the artists themselves, the people behind the bands and the artists that you see on stage, and just those who live and breathe this incredible world. I am your host, Tiana Speeder, editor of The Soundcheck and chief rambler for this podcast series. We are now in season two of the podcast and we recently launched this brand new season with none other than Gold Coast artist and entrepreneur superhuman Jacob Lee, chatting about his new music, his incredible foray into NFTs and much, much more. So if you missed that episode, definitely go and give it a suss. And you can also listen to the entire 10 episode first season of Behind the Soundcheck while you are there as well. But for my episode today, I am joined by a truly prolific fixture of the Australian music industry, and more specifically, someone renowned for his chops in the instrumental guitar and prog worlds. Previously described as everything from instrumental rock to progressive metal, and my personal favorite, cloudcore, I Built the Sky is the brainchild of Roe Stevenson, and he actually recently took this project full-time back in 2019. He's been doing it for a while now, but Roe has had a pretty sweltering run over the years with multiple releases under his belt, Supports with people like Pliny, Between the Buried and Me, Dillinger Escape Plan, Polyphia. He's had overseas tours and he's collabed with people like Andy from Monuments. There's so much more to this story and that's not even scratching the surface of Rose's formidable guitar skills. He's got multiple endorsements under his belt and he's even been described as having Steve Vai levels of guitar trickery by media in the past. I Built the Sky brings sharp guitars, pummeling riffage, as well as moments of blissful melodics and acoustic flourishes from time to time as well. And to witness I Built the Sky in action is a moment that you truly will never forget. I actually caught Ro and his live band back at Progfest a few years back, and I'm still recovering from the beautiful brutality that I was witnessing on stage at Sydney's Factory Theatre back then. But today, Ro is joining me not just for me to brag about his accolades and achievements. He's in fact now poised on the brink of an incredible new release with a brand new album dubbed The Quiet Place Away due out this Friday the 3rd of June. It is 10 tracks of sheer sonic wizardry and it's an album that is acoustic but definitely not as you know it. So to unpack the new album in his own words and also to talk about some highlights from his journey so far and much, much more... Join me now with Ro himself from I Built The Sky on Behind The Soundcheck. Here we go. Well, I have Ro here with me now from I Built The Sky. Thank you for chatting to me today. There are some extremely exciting things happening in the I Built The Sky world right now. There's new singles dropping, there's videos, there's documentaries. And to top it all off, you have announced that there is also a brand new album at the end of all of this, The Quiet Place Away, due out on June 3rd as well. Now, the album, it's acoustic and yet it's not. Can you talk me through how you're interpreting what an acoustic album is on The Quiet Place Away and what's lying in wait when this album finally releases?
1: Yeah, I like, I like, um, I like how you said that because it, it technically is acoustic because there's acoustic instruments, but it's kind of approached from a a guy who loves progressive metal. So it's got a lot of um, it's a bit of a journey through the songs, I think. Um And just the the production and the sonics of it, like a lot of double tracking of acoustic guitars and and things like that, lots of layering and, and big moments and quiet moments and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's sort of, it's evolved and evolved over like about a two year journey Mm -hmm. through making this. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the end results. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, two years in any scenario is always going to be a long period of time, but Like, let's add in a pandemic just into the mix with it as well. And I know what kind of happened in the lead up to the pandemic for you. You were obviously out on the road. You managed to sneak in a tour with monuments and you'd obviously been gearing towards stuff. When did the idea that you were actually working towards an album actually solidify for you? Like, was this always the plan, regardless of a pandemic, or like, did it kind of, did the pandemic usher it in? Like, how did this journey kind of kickstart?
1: I I think the pandemic helped me to spend the time at home to write and, and, and work on the album. I think if without the pandemic, it probably would have pushed back this release quite a lot, but, but I mean, I've always wanted to do an acoustic album because I've, I've released little acoustic pieces here and there along the way. And, and, and I enjoy creating on it just because of how different it is to, you know, writing a metal song um, and sort of, you you know you you, you've got less to work with really you're you're sort of thinking more about the chords and the notes rather than like what sort of you know sonic tricks you can do and bass drops and whatever with a metal track you've got so many crazy options at your disposal you know so it's a a whole different uh, headspace which i love you know and yeah so i was always going, going to do it but i think the pandemic um just allowed me time to sit there and and just make it happen and finish it off
0: yeah, I mean, not something that you'd ever hope for, but at least you definitely put your time to good use unlike me, who probably watched way sure. too much TV and did not come out with many skills. But that's okay. I got through it. <laughs> but I think I love what you said there, too. Like it's this amazing way of interpreting metal because put like for example, I get my mum to listen to quote unquote metal music. and everyone who doesn't really listen to the genre or is familiar with the genre thinks that all metal is just aggressive, hefty, riffs, yeah, screams, eggs, yeah. whatever you want to call it, like it's really. you've got. <laughs> so much going on and not like you've got the lush instrumentals that you've kind of touched on and all this like dazzling proggy goodness but you find this way to the only way I could describe it it's not very technical but you cleave this elegance with badassery which is my official technical term (laughs) but I like that yeah I just find it's really interesting and especially how you end the album like it's on such an uplifting note and it really is a journey and I hate when people say journey but I'm using it unironically here but just the way you close it out like it kind of almost signals that you could kind of just start again and like immerse and you'd hear something different every time so uh, that's what I got out of it and I really love that I'm hoping to like inflict that on other people because there's so much there and to just class it as a metal album would be doing it a disservice but obviously you've got all these awesome things happening there as well so it's very exciting.
1: Oh that's great that's great to hear because yeah I mean each I, I approach each song quite differently and and you know, there's a lot of different moods and expressions throughout, as you no doubt have just just said there. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's been a crazy time, and I'm just I'm just blown away with with the end results. I mean, I got really lucky because you know, I sort of I sort of like going in, I had this idea of like making an acoustic album, and it'd just be a bit low key, it'd be a little <laughs> interim thing. I'll just sort of put a few tracks together and that, and then. You know, before long, I'm like, you know, I've got Forrester Savile working with me, and I'm booking studio times for almost two weeks, and getting string players in, and arrangers in, and all this crazy, crazy stuff. So, I, I never foresee this, foresaw this, doing what it did, but yeah. the, I, I guess like the music just kind of led me in that path, you know. So, it's it's been a massive, massive ride, but yeah, I'm, I'm just excited now to just get it out, you know.
0: Yeah. And I, it's not always the case, but I think creatively, especially like the path of least resistance has negative connotations. But I think with these kind of things, when stuff just feels right. And I love that you brought up the people that you worked with, because that was my next question. Like, obviously the sea of talent is incredible. Yourself included, obviously is a massive part of that. But I believe you had Jake Wilson arranging some of these string moments and Forrester, of course, was there, who is just like the patron saint of Prague, I believe personally. Yeah, yeah. And you also had Ian Perez on piano and keys and fun side fact, I actually went to school with Ian. Um, we were no in, we are in the same music class and safe to say we made him go last at the end of every music extension recital. Cause he would just blow uh-huh. everyone out of the water. But, right, right. Like, That's
1: really interesting. Yeah.
0: The talent is just incredible. And I mean, you yourself, you're no stranger to collaborating with other artists and creatives, but was that process something like, obviously these are people you've had dealings with before, but like, did you really change a lot along the way as a result of who came into this project? And did it change anything?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it just, it just contributed it contributed to the end result in in the biggest of ways. I think firstly, working with Jake Wilson, the arranger, was huge and and just made a huge um, impact on the sound because you know he, he's a guitarist and a really amazing guitarist, worlds beyond what I can do. Uh, I, I respect the guy. I've just that purely that alone, you know, but to have this skill of being able to arrange for strings. And I I think he, he taught arrangements, you know, I think that was a part of his day job back, back at one point. So, uh, I I really, I don't understand how someone can just have that much skill and ability across such a different, two different areas, you know, but yeah, he he was, he was a massive, um, contributor to the album and, and how it turned out. I started off by programming strings when I was um, working on it at home, and like, you know, what do I know about strings? I would I would do things that were like, you know, not really possible for <laughs> a string player to do. You know, like trying to match um, harmonic runs with the plucking of a violin and stuff. So I would just have fun trying to see what melodies and things I would I, I could come up with and and whatnot. But but ultimately, I mean, it's just. It's just so much better when you get someone who really knows what what strings suit what ranges and how the chords can can be constructed at, across different um, you know stringed instruments and things. Yeah. He he was he was someone who suggested we we get in a viola player um, uh, because of the the way the the range suits the music. Um, so yeah, there was lots of additions that Jake brought brought in. Um, I mean, he, he, cause I gave him sort of my drafts and ideas and, and he would talk to me about it and um, you know, we'd discard this and add changes here and, and whatnot. So there's maybe a tiny bit of like um, influence from the original programming, but yeah, just, just m- miles above what, what he was bringing to it. Um, Ian was someone that I hadn't yet known about. So he was suggested to me, um, by Forrester his buddies with Forrester and um so I didn't really know much about about Ian going in um but uh that quickly changed <laughs> and he's he, he's a, a great guy a, a legend of a guy super down to earth mm. yeah I mean despite the amount of adventures he's had and and great success uh, uh, over the years playing the biggest shows that exist basically so yeah um Working with him was just incredible and an absolute joy. And he he provided some really cool moments on the album. Some, some of my favourite moments, I think, uh, are some of the Ian moments that he added in.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, like, I never like to make people pick their favourites because I feel like sometimes it's like choosing your favourite child. But, like, is there a particular song or a couple of songs on the album that you are particularly maybe excited to play live that you haven't yet or anything like that? Cause I've, I've picked <laughs> one or two, but I want you to go first. Cause I don't want you to think that I'm copying you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm excited to play, but at, at this point in time, because I haven't performed these songs live yet, mm. I'm more nervous. You know yep. what I mean? Like, but, um,
0: or is there one maybe that has a significant, like, is there like, it probably could change on the daily. Cause I, I change my mind every single day. Like, is there one that kind of <laughs> just holds a special place for you particularly that stands out or is it kind yeah, of a bit think, of a love um, affair across the board? Cause I like most of them. I'm not going to lie. Yeah,
1: you're right. <laughs> they are like children, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. hard to in that way, but I'd say my favorites would be, um, song called this is astral travel. Um, which <laughs>
0: I'm laughing because that's mine and I have proof that I've got that. I'm not just saying awesome. that, but go on.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just think it's got a good vibe to it. It's just a, it's just an uplifting kind of mood. And it just, uh you know, cause now, now I can sort of listen to the songs as a listener, as a listener would more so than stressing about, you know, what DB louder or something mm. should be or whatever, you know what I mean? So, so I've sort of signed off on that creative brain and, and and can listen back with a more of a listener perspective and i think that um, this is astral travel just has just a certain mood to it that um just is a bit motivating and uplifting you know which yeah. i like um i really like time travel experience um the second half of in particular um where there's some really dense moments going on there
0: mm. um
1: it just turned out really 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 strong and just really thick, um, uh, hats off to Forrester who's, um, basically made that how, how it came out. So yeah. I think that came out really, really well. Um, and what else? Hmm. I mean, I kind of like let yourself dream too. Which that is was the the first other one. That's my second. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool
0: yeah no well i mean and that's the thing it's i feel like there's so much as i said at the start there is so much to listen to and i feel like on each listen i'd probably come out with a different favorite so like otherwise i'll just sit here and list them all so i will move on to something else but let's just safe to say there's a lot of highlights and majority is just gonna like take you by surprise at the same time as well in a really good way but as if an album isn't enough you've also produced a documentary that's detailing the album's recording process i believe as I yeah. said at the start, there's a bunch of music videos. You've kicked us at the Uncaged festivals, and you have announced a hometown headline show in Melbourne as well. 2022 is pretty hectic, but um, the most recent music, one of the most recent music videos, "Let Yourself Dream," like obviously some stunning guitar work from yourself. But I believe that music video was quite literally inspired by a dream as well. Can you tell me how you kind of brought that to life? Because my dreams usually whisper away the second I wake up. How did you? get it from the brain onto the, onto the screen so yeah, vividly. no,
1: I'm, I'm the same as well. They, they tend to just evaporate, but that one just somehow managed to stick around and I just made a mental note of it. And I, cause I thought it could, it was just a really interesting, uh, you know, story and, and, uh, and I thought this would be perfect to, to make a video with, you know, so, mm. um, that one seemed to just, just stick in my brain somehow
0: nice.
1: and, um, yeah, sort of, jotted down specific scenes I wanted to to recreate and um went out there and did it. And yeah. we we shot shot a lot of that um in a day with like the, the narrative scenes and things. Um most of that was in one day. So Ooh. that was pretty pretty good effort from us. Yeah, solid um, innings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they can be tricky sometimes. Mm. Um we're lucky to have a really good um actress, um, Crystal, who is just you know just so easy going and just she just nails it and gives us plenty of things to work with and and that worked out perfect. Yeah. I think I spent I spent about a day preparing the scrolls that you see. <laughs> nice. Um which was fun. I got to spend yeah a day like um making coffee and pouring them on and yes. doing all that. So that that's was- just another interesting day in my life, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember like having yeah. to do that in school, trying to make stuff look like old school. So I feel like, isn't it funny how all these skills that we didn't know we had can like play a part in our <laughs> career as we get yeah. older. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And, like, not not the most crafty of people, hey. but um.
0: It looked, it looked awesome and the end result is all that matters. So I think you're officially, yeah. we can add to the fact that you're not only a guitar virtuoso, you're also extremely crafty. So that's going to be the new moniker for your bio. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So nice. uh, officially I've said it, so we'll just pretend that that's going to, we'll just make it happen. But um, I also want to chat about the doco. Like what was the, what was the motivation there? Like did you kind of have that planned from the start or did it kind of just like as you go, you just wanted to kind of document what you were doing and it just evolved into something you wanted to share with the world?
1: I just thought because I was going to a lot of effort to record in certain places. Like we we uh, rented out like an Airbnb for about a week or so to record. And and I, we got this really nice Airbnb and in a really cool location. And I just thought, man, we, we should document this. Like this is, this is epic. Um, and as the documentary moves along uh, things happen that I didn't foresee happening, you know, so we sort of talk about that in the documentary. I don't want to give too much away mm. there, but um. There's just yeah there was just a lot i I knew I knew I'd be able to make something out of it and I didn't know I didn't know the extent of the documentary but but at this point in time like I'm in the process of editing it down a bit but like it's a two hours you know
0: Ooh, that's a like solid a, edit <laughs> oh
1: yeah it's it's intense because the, the amount of um footage we got from from mm. the all the recording and stuff was just huge yeah. like days of days of filming and stuff so um, yeah, I, I, wanted to do one because of the locations and, and I thought it's a good opportunity to, to, to get some filming in and, and, you know, make, make something out of it. But, yeah. um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a nice thing to document and some incredible moments laying in wait and I can't wait to have a proper peek at that one. And yeah, yep. On the topic of live shows, I know that fans obviously got to catch a glimpse of you live in action at Uncaged earlier this year. Festivals finally happened. I just missed it by a day because I was at Full Tilt and then I was at Caligula's uh, Horse yeah. that night, so I was there in spirit. But what can we expect yep. from a headline I Built the Sky live show and especially one where we're going to christen a whole new album? Are there any surprises hidden up your sleeves for this launch?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, for starters, I want to be, I want to I bring the acoustic stuff to the stage nice. and i want to i want to i want to join it to the metal stuff too so yes my plan for this release uh for this um release and uh, album launch is to do two full sets so half acoustic half electric and sort of co- cover a lot of music over that those two sets obviously um yeah. bringing in a few old songs i haven't played in a while um and yeah, and I mean I'm got I've got string players coming in. I've got um a piano um that's going to be playing with the acoustic stuff, percussion. Ooh. Um you know, all that good stuff. So, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to I'm uh, not uh downplaying the live um aspect of it. I want to really recreate it as best I can. Mm. Uh with all these extras going on, but yeah. uh yeah, should be a lot of music for that that uh, album launch and super hyped
0: yeah i feel like it's like a two for one it's very exciting i'm gonna have to i'm secretly like plotting how i find my way down to melbourne i've got plenty of time to <laughs> yeah. think about it so i'll get on that yeah yeah, yeah. but like aside from the live shows and the new tunes and the videos, like coming back because i know you said you're not crafty but the artwork for the quiet place away is pretty crafty and pretty beautiful you got in cahoots with pat fox i believe he's obviously worked with north lane amity taking back Sunday, too many more to list, but the end result was this incredible real world piece of art. Where did that concept and creation come? Like, I want to live in that house just quietly. It looks like <laughs> a fairy tale's come to life.
1: I know. It's amazing. Like Pat is an absolute genius. Um, I, I've worked with him um, on my last album called The Zenith Rise, mm. um, which was just a, nothing but a joy to to work with Pat. So obviously when I was thinking about um, who I would get involved, yeah why why stop on a good thing you know so absolutely um had a good chat with pat and i knew what the album title was going to be um the quiet place away so i wanted to see how we could represent that you know mm, yeah in in a artistic form so we we discussed some options of of how we could approach it and pat loves working in real world and you know not just doing something in photoshop but like actually creating something with his hands. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so we, when, when he suggested like, why don't I build like an an actual model? Um, you know, I was like, I was super intrigued and, uh, he would draft up sort of sketches and send them over and it just, he just went for it and he really didn't hold back. Mm It's so many crazy details that he was able to get in that. And then, and then with the photo shoot, you know, he, he had us in, in the scenes as well. So, Um, you'll see in the documentary, like we did a whole bunch of, um, different poses and ideas, um, to play around with for it. But, um, it was really cool. He he would send me his video updates of the, of the build and it would start, (laughs) it would start off with like, you know, cereal boxes and stuff and, you know, and and then it just kept going and going and, and yeah, the details in it is just next level. So
0: what is the ETA of the house now? Who has the house?
1: I actually have that. Yay, I'm
0: so glad. I'm so glad you kept it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was I was lucky to get that. So I was pretty, pretty excited about that. Um it looks, I mean, it it just every time I walk past it, it's just really it's just a really awesome piece. And yeah, turned out so sick.
0: Yeah, and a perfect compliment to the whole album too. Like of course it is, because obviously there's been a lot of thought going into every aspect of this, but it's just a beautiful literal work of art and I guess going a little bit broader for a moment, I know like you've gone full-time into this I Built the Sky project now. It evolved from a studio project. It's now full-blown. You've had the live band stuff. And I always say this to people, I don't want to sit here and list all the people you've played with, but it's pretty eye-watering like you've got between the varied, to me. Dillinger Escape Plan, Pliny, Polyphia, 12-Foot Ninja, Caligula's Horse. I could go on for hours and hours and <laughs> hours. I won't. Yeah, but yep, yep. you've played at home, you've played overseas, and... I think I did a Q&A with you. I um, had a look. I had to check what year it was. It was November 2019 and you mentioned a pretty awesome story about the time you supported Dylan Dillinger and also when you apparently lied to a sold-out London crowd and got them to do a high-five wall of death too, which is oh, yeah, they're a... not entirely not shabby memories, but tell me like in regards to like where and what you're playing, obviously at the moment live shows has been something we've all missed and we're finally getting them back, but take the pandemic off the table. Do you just love that high-octane energy of a big giant crowd or do you... Equally love those small, less like, dare I say, sweatier, intimate shows as much as those really big crowd moments that you've had over the years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all good. You know, performing is—I love performing. It's—I feel like, you know, it's—it's—it can be terrifying, especially because because the music I make is like it's always like on the on the very edge of my abilities. You know, so when I'm on stage, if if I'm slightly underprepared, it kind of sucks me out a bit, but. But you know, if you're you're on a tour and you're playing night after night, you you get over that pretty quick, and so, you can sort of have more fun and and enjoy the days and the, and the shows. But um, I mean, I'm I'll I'll, I'll take anything. I just I yeah. love just playing. It doesn't matter if it's a very small show, which which I've done. You know, I've done a little uh, solo acoustic show that was just just before the pandemic lockdowns mm-hmm. happened. Um, after getting home, I did a very small show playing solo acoustic and um that was that was just such a vibe you know real real small but such a vibe and then you know another another the, the show before that was a was a massive show in london um yeah and and that was i don't even know i don't know how many people were there it must have been like 400 plus so it was um, pretty big yeah um and that you know that's got its own fun too like especially yeah. you know, in, interacting with the audience you know having a laugh with the audience and getting good good responses from them is is always is always fun and and just like just that interaction you get in certain moments. And you can see the audience start to really get into a certain riff or something like that. Mm. And then, you know, meeting people after the show, I absolutely love, you know, and just hearing their, their stories about, you know, they were listening to a certain song in uni or whatever it was, something really connected to them. And I love that. So yeah, when I'm outside of the house, I feel very, very glad and privileged. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think the feeling's very mutual. So I'm very happy to hear that. It's a it's a nice way, a nice place to meet in the middle for everyone, I think. And yeah. like you yourself, I know um you were mentioning the whole like, you know, getting someone else to come in and arrange strings and that and having other people involved in it. But like, let's not lie, your guitar skills are pretty exceptional. I mean, being labelled as having Steve I levels of god tier guitar trickery is certainly nothing to sneeze at and like <laughs> It's, it's a fact, like it's there, but obviously this had to start somewhere. Can you take me back to where your love or your proficiency of the guitar kind of kick started? Like, was it the only instrument you ever turned your head to or were you one that just, you know, suddenly you're playing it and this suddenly we're here and it's 2022 and you're doing all these incredible things? Like where did this journey really kickstart for you in that respect?
1: I think, I think it started in high school because, because like my dad plays guitar to a very basic degree enough, enough to perform and stuff. So he
0: would,
1: he would do concerts and things. So that was always happening growing up. Um, but then when I went to high school, uh, there was this really cool guitar teacher guy. His name was Mark and, um, just, just a real cool dude, you know? So I'd see him and he'd be playing like all the radio songs and stuff. And I'd be like, damn, that that's awesome. I want to be like that guy, you know? Um, and, you know, just, just getting into it and learning, learning your favorite songs, I think is a big, a big starting point when you, when you learn a green day song or something. And it's like, it's like, holy shit, like I can play this actual song that I love, you know? Yeah. Um. And I think I just got addicted to that, you know, and just, and just, just absorbing myself in as much music as possible, particularly guitar, because it just seemed cooler than most other instruments to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. But yeah. And, and like, you know, just, just, uh, you know, like uh, watching bands on TV and whatever, you know, I'd always be obsessed with that. And if I could record it and watch it back, um, you know, that was always something I'd be interested to do Um, and just, just got more obsessed and more obsessed and more obsessed. I I can't explain it. And now it's like, I'm just so far in the hole. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I, I can't foresee me doing anything else beyond this at this point in time.
0: Yeah. Which is really exciting. Like I think to be, again, it's, it's not using the path of least resistance, you know, ongoing, but it just, when it's right in those moments, like you're clearly on the right path and it's led you to so many incredible things and it's only going to lead you to further things. And thank God that it was you and not me. Cause I got given a guitar when I was 16, I can still only currently play 1.5 chords Probably closer to one, but yeah, it's funny. Like I was the same. I thought, you know, guitar is awesome, and then I was like, oh it's just going to sit in the corner and look pretty. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm very glad that obviously you had that inbuilt skill as well, whereas I did not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person, like because I, I I enjoy the challenge of trying to figure something out on guitar yeah. and and that sort of thing. Whether I don't, I don't know, just I think it's a mindset, you know, because it it's not easy to to. To, I mean, you know, you, you got to be on your own in a room, quiet room, trying to figure out this run or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's not really for everyone, you know. So, I I do enjoy those moments and and creating and writing and just trying to do something I can't do. I think it's there's some there's some sort of satisfaction you get, you know. Yeah. And I I, I guess it's an addiction. I can't I can't explain it.
0: No, and that's the best way to put it, I think. And, you know, it's a very good thing to be addicted to as well. So, again, you've picked something that you're good at yeah. that is also, you know, it's not bad for you. It's brilliant. Well done. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, no, you got this. And we've touched on what's happened so far in the journey and what's currently happening now for you. But you are packing so much more goodness into 2022. Tell me what else is potentially on the cards this year and beyond for I Built the Sky. Obviously, this new album is something incredible. Is there any other secrets you can reveal about what is going to happen next for you?
1: Well, I mean, at the moment I'm really focusing on this Northcote show and um, basically all of my energy is going into that right now yeah. and and the album release as well. But what I hope to do is do more shows around Australia, especially doing the acoustic and electric thing as well. so yeah. that's um that's on the cards for sure and I know I know there's people out there that want to see it as well. so you know if I can if I can get some good, Good, good results and good success with this show, um, then it's going to be a no-brainer. But I I feel like I've got, I've still got to jump that hurdle first and make sure it's it it works and it it goes down well and and all that sort of stuff um, before booking those next shows. You know, like
0: very smart move, though. Very smart move.
1: There's a lot of risk involved, you know, and and it's it's terrifying, you know. So um, I don't want to jump the gun too quickly and, um, book a worldwide tour as much as I'd love to. (laughs) Um, we've got to, we've got to be a bit smart with it and, um, get through this show, make it a success and then, um, look at booking those next shows. Yeah. But, uh, always looking for shows and, um, talking with my bookers about different, um, different options. So we've, we've like, I've got a lot of, um, a lot of talk about different, you know, international shows and tours and all this sort of stuff. So something's going to, um, pop up sooner, sooner than later, I I would imagine.
0: Amazing. But I think the greatest thing is we still have plenty of time in between now and then, and obviously the quiet place away is going to give us lots to dive, you know, dive into and embrace and revisit over that time but i won't keep your all day to close us out today in honor of the new album the quiet place we're dropping this week let's take the album title literally as someone pretty firmly surrounded by noise beautiful noise but noise nonetheless and how busy and loud the world is around us at the best of time what's your ultimate go-to when you need to regroup or recharge or get a little bit of quiet in amongst all this craziness of the music industry and the world around us do you escape to a physical place or do you bring that quiet from within?
1: I think it's within you know Mm.
0: it's
1: within it's a it's a mindset
0: yeah i think that's the healthiest way to be because you can literally go be quiet anywhere even if you're on the road or even if you're planning these incredible shows and making all this beautiful artwork but bro it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today and dive into this album a massive congratulations the quiet place away imminently about to charm is all over the place this friday so thank you so much and i hate to say it but i have to the sky is not the limit you're going to go even further than that and i can't wait to see what happens next
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Likewise. A massive thank you to Rory from I Built The Sky for joining me today on Behind The Soundcheck. Be sure to give his incredible new album The Quiet Place Away a spin this Friday the 3rd of June. Pre-orders are available now and you can read the episode show notes or head on over to thesoundcheck.org to learn more about how you can get your hands and ears on this incredible new release. And tickets are also available right now to catch the album launch if you're in Victoria. Friday, the 24th of June, I Built The Sky will return to the stage at the Northcote Social Club. Hit up iBuiltTheSky.com or any of his relevant socials to learn more. If you want to check out more episodes of Behind The Soundcheck, or perhaps you just want to dive into more things music, head on over to The Soundcheck's website. That's www.thesoundcheck.org. While you're there, you can read reviews, check out some other interviews, and you can even learn more about how The Soundcheck can potentially help your band or project, There are some creative consulting packages available there as well. Behind the sound checks, very snazzy theme song is courtesy of Brisbane Legends' Osaka Punch. Hall of Shame is the name of this track, and you can also learn more about those beautiful hooligans over at www.osakapunch.com. Season two of this podcast is a little bit more of a laid-back affair after the weekly shenanigans of season one, so eventually more episodes will drop that... Stay tuned for more as we go. For now, I bid you farewell. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you down the track for more Behind the Soundcheck. Peace out.